All right, so I uh, hope everyone enjoyed that game. I'm excited that you guys are here for part three of our series called Bless Your Heart. I remember, um, I want to start off by sharing my, my first year college experience. At, and uh, I, I did my first two years of college at Mercer University here in Georgia. And I remember getting to like orientation and all my other classmates, of, like the freshman class, already knew each other. They already knew each other from something then in, in the year 2005 called the Facebook. Actually, it was called the Facebook. Yeah, and and I I I I felt out of it because they knew, but like I I didn't know I didn't know what that was, and and then of course I got to know them because I joined the Facebook. And this is even before there was a, having a picture of your profile picture. There was no such thing as pictures. Believe it or not, Facebook without pictures. This is just what it was, and it was just you had to have an EDU email address. I don't know if you if some of you guys remember that time, um, and it was it seemed cooler because it was just for college students. Um, and I remember getting on it, and it just seeing it evolve over the years is unbelievable. And now, psychologists and psychiatrists have official terms for different disorders that have come, that have been birthed from the entire movement of social media. And it's unbelievable. I want to share with the first one. Um, this is not slang. This is legit, like, they, now they study this in school, and it's in psychology textbooks. And the first one is called FOMO. FOMO, fear of missing out. What fear of missing out is, is that you're scrolling on Instagram, you're scrolling on Facebook, you're saying, oh, man, did you see, what they, you see where they went last night? You see what they're doing? Man, you see, and, and you're like, man, I wish I was invited. Or how come all my other friends were invited, but I wasn't? I wasn't aware that this was going on. And you, feel, you, 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 you hate missing out on that event. So you feel like you want to go to the next event so that way you don't have this FOMO disorder. You fear fear of missing out of the next big thing that you see on social media. The second disorder, an official disorder that has, that has come from the social media like, movement is something called likes anxiety. Likes anxiety. I'm not kidding. I know somebody, not from here, I'm saying, but I know somebody that he'll post something on social media, and if it does not get a certain amount of likes within a certain amount of time, he deletes the post. Because it's, it, he has tremendous anxiety of wanting to make sure that whatever I post, whatever I put online, gets enough likes that enough people like. I mean, come on, everybody likes to be liked, right? I mean, we all desire to be liked at our core. So now that has transferred over into the social media movement. So there's this huge desire inside of us to wanting to be liked. And because of this, of, of this disorder, which triggers anxiety and depression and a lot of psychological issues that exist, many studies show that the root of it is because of social media, that Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, made a certain uh, movement in July 2019, just a few months ago, that Instagram announced that they are going to experiment with the, with the idea. I'm not on Instagram, so I'm not sure if this has been implemented. That posts do not show how many likes, like posts will show, doesn't show how many people like a certain post. Like, I don't know if they're still experimenting with this, or has that been passed or no? Okay. So they're, they're, as of July 2019, they announced they're looking into this, and I think they're testing this out in certain groups, where you post something and it doesn't show the amount of likes, because they are noticing the amount of disorders that have come from everyone just staring at their screen, just waiting for like, how many likes, how come I, I should have more likes by now? Oh, do you see what he posted? you see how many likes he has? Do you see how many likes she has? And it's this entire movement that's causing so many disorders that Instagram now is, is, is experimenting with the idea of not showing how many likes exist on it. It is so fascinating. I watched this thing on NBC. This is unrelated, but I just want to share it anyway. 
uh, that I saw an interview of the man who invented the infinite scroll. There was a man who invented the code for the infinite scroll. Everyone knows what the infinite scroll is. When you just go like brain dead and you're just scrolling. He regrets. It's an amazing interview I saw on NBC. I'm sure you Google it. If you look up an NBC interview of the guy who invented the infinite scroll, he regrets inventing it because he's realized how much, people, how much time people have wasted of their life of just, in, just scrolling infinite, waiting to get to the bottom. It is super fascinating, and this is such a huge topic about all the different things that have come from the movement of social media. I'm not saying anything wrong with social media. I'm a huge fan of, of, of social media, but it's just crazy how many things have come from it. One of the things that have come from the entire social media movement that has existed before, but now is even a bigger deal, is comparison. Is envy. And we see that. Like, man, you see what? You see how perfect that picture was? And even when we want to take a picture, wait, I got to get it right. Wait, wait, let's use this filter. How about this? And we're always trying to get that perfect image. And we're trying to portray ourselves in such an amazing way to other people that is driving us not to try to capture that perfection. And then we feel like a pathetic loser when we're just infinitely scrolling and looking at how amazing everyone's life is. A picture does not lie. Well, yeah, that's, uh, that's true. <laughs> the focus of our series over, the, over these next six weeks, yes, it's called Bless Your Heart, but we've been looking at one early Christian father by the name of St. Gregory, and he said this around the year 320. He said, wash away the dirt that has clung to your heart like plaster. Then your divine beauty will once again shine forth. Inside of all of us, there's something inside of us that we want to, to, to work on, something inside of us that we don't like. And, some of it, and sometimes it comes out when we least expect it, but it's sitting there. And maybe we kind of see that rolling in our heart and rolling that inside of us as we're scrolling through social media, that envy, that jealousy, that guilt, whatever. There's different things that are sitting on our heart that kind of come up as we're just passively scrolling through. And St. Gregory is saying here in, in the year 320, there's something, there's always something stuck on our heart. But we got to assess what that is. Because once we assess what that is that's on our heart, that's unblessing our heart, once we remove that, this is where we can see the divine beauty of God within us. But we have to figure out what is that thing and where is it coming from? Jesus even put it in more simpler terms than St. Gregory. Jesus put it this way 2,000 years ago. And something we can all relate. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach? And then out of the body, hey, he's starting with like a GI 101 lesson here real quick, biology. And they're like, yeah, we understand what goes in. Like, we literally get that. We understand. Where are you going with this, Jesus? Then Jesus says this. But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. And these defile them. Jesus is telling them the issue is not what's going in. The issue is of what's coming out. The issue as far as what is coming out. This is why sometimes we might say something we're like, ah. Did they really just say that out loud? Did that really come out? Or I don't mean to say that out loud. And we catch ourselves saying things or thinking things like, where did that come from? And then sometimes we catch ourselves, we say something, and we end up starting to sound like Steve Urkel. And we start saying, did I say that? Did I do that? And we catch ourselves in this position. Going back to what, um, what Jesus was saying, what com what's coming out is the issue. And Jesus says, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. And this is the record written by St. Matthew. 
in the record written by St. Mark, who got his record from St. Peter, he adds even more things. So it seems kind of extreme that Jesus is listing all these things are coming from a heart, but nobody wakes up and says, you know what? I think today would be a great day for me to cheat on my spouse. I think today would be a great day for me to kill someone. Nobody says that. But it begins with something small in the heart. It begins with something small, and it naturally grows. But if we can catch it while it's still there, like this is, this is our focus, is what is sitting on our heart that's kind of, that's toxic, that's throwing us off balance, that's hurting our, our relationships, that's hurting our friendships, that's, that, that's, that's putting a distance away from me from other people because there's something sitting on my heart that's throwing me off balance. Like I said, the focus that we want to focus on, the focus that we want to focus on, the dirt that we want to focus on this week is envy, is envy or jealousy. A prayer, an ancient prayer, that Orthodox Christians have been praying that predates the Bible, we say this. We say that death entered into the world through the envy of the devil. Death entered into paradise because someone said, hey, you don't need to listen to God. You got this. You know what you're doing. He was a little bit jealous of God. And death entered into the world through the envy of the devil. This is why every time we come together, one of our ancient prayers is the prayer of thanksgiving. We pray, we say, Lord, we thank you. Yeah, there's a lot of things not going well in life, but I do need to give thanks for the things that are going well. Because you know what? There's things I don't understand, but I know all that's working for my edification and for me to see God more clearly. One of the things we say in the prayer of thanksgiving as Orthodox Christians is that we say, all envy, all temptation, all the work of Satan take away from us. So out of anything the church could have been saying for 2,000 years, anything else that the church could be saying in a prayer that predates the Bible, the church highlights the word envy because the church understands it's something nasty that sits inside of us. Envy is something dirty that just sits on top of our heart. Out of anything we could pray, the church tells us to pray, all envy, take away from us. We say, God, all envy that's within us, take it away from our heart and from all your people. Don't judge me on this, but uh, like a month ago, I went to like a Christian leadership conference. It was like hundreds of people, and you know, I'm sitting there, you know, I stick out like a sore thumb like this, and you know, and the guy was saying, um, like before, the guy was about to speak at the conference, and uh, like literally, there's 500 people in this auditorium, and his mic goes out. His mic goes out in front of like 500 people. It's like streaming live, like in different places, and it's like a big thing in his life, and then his mic goes out. What, what, what's going on inside of me? Yes. Even, even we're, we're just the puny church compared to this Christian leadership conference. Part of me felt bad. Like I, part of me felt good. That's dirty of me. I mean, that's wrong of me. Why do I feel good that the mic went out? Because I feel like I'm not the only one that struggles with AV problems. I mean, this is a huge corporation. They're hired an AV company, and they have mic problems. They have audio problems. And I'm like, everyone's like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, yes, I'm not the only one. It's nasty. It's dirty. It's dirty, but it's sitting inside my heart. There's something inside of us, and I, I think I'm not the I hope I'm not the only one. When we see something that happened that wrong to somebody, like, oh, that stinks. I'm sorry to hear that. Yes. There's something inside of us. There's something inside of us that says that. It's nasty. It's disgusting, but it's the truth. I remember my, my first year of college. I'm not going to say any names because I'm still Facebook friends with some of these people. Um, that, uh, you know, 
he was not living the best life and, and you know, not doing the greatest things with his girlfriend. And, and like, we're, we, we shared, like, a, 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 like a, a house together. And, like, I knew not great things were happening, but, you know, whatever, it's, he does his own thing. Like, I knew that, you know, I was called for something more, and I, and I didn't want to get into that. Then things did not go well at all. It got really nasty in the relationship and things like that. And I'm like, and he's coming for me for help and advice and stuff. And I'm, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry this happened, man. But part of me was like, because it's nasty. I'm, I'm telling you the truth, but it's nasty. I don't know where that comes from, to be honest. Is it because I'm partially jealous that he was living that type of lifestyle? I don't know, but it's it's nasty. It's something wrong. Instead of me having sympathy for him. There was part of me that was kind of like, yes, that he got what he deserved because he was living a certain type of life and he started making poor decisions in his life that that this kind of unfolded in front of him. I hope I'm not the only one. There is an ancient Jewish proverb by one of the wisest men on on planet Earth named King Solomon. And he said this around the year 700 BC. Oh, he said this. A heart at peace gives life to the body. And now biology proves this to be true. Psychology proves this to be true. Psychiatry proves this to be true. A heart at peace gives life to the body. When, there, when there's less tension or stress within the body, th- th- this is where we find health. Like this is our, our mental health is better when we're at peace and the body. The heart at peace gives life to the body. But envy rots the core of who we are. Envy rots at our bones. And this toxin of envy that sits in our heart, throws us off, throws us off balance, and just eats at us. He says this beautiful story, King Solomon. I, like this, this is one of the wisest men on planet Earth, had everything at his fingertips, and he says this. I saw that all toil and all achievement spring from one person's envy of another. This too is meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Look at the word picture that he's drawn. Look at the imagery he's drawn. Like all, I see that all to and all she means spring from that is from one person's envy of another. This too is meaningless. It's as if you're trying to chase after the wind. I'm not gonna. I, I can ask my two-year-old to chase after the wind, but we understand that's pointless. That's meaningless. Chasing after the wind leads nowhere. Comparison leads to nothing. Comparison leads to nothing. This is somebody who has, has had a full life full of wisdom and has seen so many things. He says, I, see, I saw that all toil and all achievements spring from one person's envy of another. This too, it's meaningless. It's as if you're chasing after the wind. Have you guys heard from the Bible uh, a place called Ur? Nobody? Raise your hand if you've heard of Ur. Okay, <laughs> I'm kind of scared to give the answer. I hope I don't embarrass you, but the land of Ur is where we all live. The land of Ur is, man, I want to get that newer thing, that nicer thing, that shinier thing, the bigger thing. We're all there. In America, we live in the land of Ur. We always want the newer thing, the nicer thing, the sexier thing. We're always going for that. And it's, it's an endless hole. But where does that spark from? Man, did you see what she was wearing? You see what he did? You see on vacation they went on? 
It's an issue. I have met with people that their entire motive, it's not funny because I think it's inside of all of us, that they, their entire motive of going on vacation is just to grab that picture. Their entire motive is to wear that certain thing, to, go, to, to, to do that certain thing just for that picture, just to see how many likes can I get, how many of my friends can I impress. We live in the land of Ur, and when we're in this land of Ur, it's dissatisfaction guaranteed. Dissatisfaction guaranteed. It's endless. It leads to nothing. We're always looking for more. It's, I, I can never say, yeah, I chased the wind. It's the same thing. I've never reached up to that person. I can never look as good. I can never go on a vacation like that. I can never, I can see, you see how perfect their kids are? I mean, they're just sitting like angels perfectly in that picture. My kids can never look like that. My next can never do that. And we live in the land of Ur. We're always dissatisfied, and it is a guarantee. Another ancient prayer that we say in our ancient faith of Orthodox Christianity, we say this. What, this has been prayed for 2,000 years. Fill our hearts, God, with joy and gladness that we, too, have contentment in everything. Fill our hearts with joy and gladness that we can be sufficient with what we have. Yes, we can always want something more. We can always want this. We can always want that. I wish my husband did this. I wish my wife did this. We can always be wanting something more. We want more from our career. Yes, but God, what I need more than all of that, that's not my, it's nothing wrong with me to ask this stuff, but what I need something more than that, something that surpasses all of that, something that transcends all of that, is your joy. Fill inside of my core. Fill my heart with your joy and gladness. Then I can be sufficient. So I can be content so I can stop chasing after the wind, so I can stop, keep on scrolling and, and just realize how pathetic my life is. King Solomon said this, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Better one handful of contentment, of sufficiency, than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind the wind. Couldn't we agree with that? But listen, I, I, as a priest, I struggle with this just like you do. We're always chasing after the next thing. The next thing, we're always looking for something more, looking for something more. You know, I, I, I don't want to embarrass my wife, but I'm proud of her. Like, she took a break from, from social media. She's like, what am I doing? I'm just comparing how life my, is, my life is lame compared to, well, she wasn't saying anything about her husband, but she was saying, like, <laughs> she, she, she realized she was falling into this trap. And she said, you know what? I need to take a break. Like, I feel like I'm just chasing the wind. Like, I'm content before I look. But then when I look, I realize how lame my life is. And she took a break. And this is why so many people do take a break from social media is for the same person. I'm not saying, listen, don't think I'm saying anything wrong. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big Twitter guy. I, I, I like Facebook. I'm not saying anything about that. But when it consumes me and I'm noticing myself going into this pit that I always feel pathetic just comparing my life to others. And this is what's throwing us off balance. That's that toxic thing just sitting on our heart that's making our, our entire life off balance. What am I doing? What am I pursuing? Why am I, why, why am I really staying late? Why am I really trying to get, the, why am I really trying to get promotion? I, I'm always trying to chase, why am I really wanting to go on this vacation? What, like, what am I doing? What am I chasing? I'll never be able to get there. I love, but look, at the, look at this timeless truth of this Jewish proverb by King Solomon. I mean, I love what he's saying. He said this, he said this story. This is something that he experienced. I saw something meaningless under the sun. He's like, I saw something that was completely pointless, pointless in our world. This is what he's saying. There was a man all alone. He had neither son 
nor brother. So basically, the language he's using, there was a man in, in society that he didn't have like a, 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 a what is it called? He didn't have an heir. Like for, he, didn't, he had no children to pass anything down to. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For who am I for whom am I toiling? he asked. And why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless, a miserable business. This is our death spiral that we live in. Always looking for something newer, shinier, bigger, brighter, depress this person. What, what this guy asks us in the year 700 BC, and I think we can relate. Why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? For whom am I toiling? What, what, am, I, what am I trying to reach? What am I trying to get at? What, what is really driving me to do this? And me, while I'm doing this, I, I've lost enjoyment. I, I've, I've taken myself away from, from my kids, from my marriage, from, from life, just because I'm chasing after what? The next big trip? The next big thing? The next new car? The next new, what am I doing? Am I, am I trying to chase to get to, crap, to capture that next perfect Instagram picture? You will never see your fullest potential in life if you are chasing something. You will never reach your fullest potential in life. If you're a Christian, you will never see God working in your life if you're always looking over your shoulder. You will never see God working in your life if you're always comparing what you have to someone else. You'll never see the fullest of God wants to do in you. You'll never see that if you're always comparing yourself to others. When we compare, there's something wrong. Something that's, that's true to the foundation of ancient Christianity is that we should look at other people for inspiration, not imitation. We should look at other people for inspiration, not imitation. This is why an integral part to ancient Christianity are the saints, are the martyrs, are the ones that have come before us. That we look at their life and we, and, we, and we want to be inspired by their life. That through their struggles, through the issues that they had, how they found God, how they found light and darkness. And this is where we find inspiration. But not to imitate. And for those around us, those are the, the, the saints of the past. You are saints as well. You are saints as well. But we should look at others not to imitate, but for inspiration. To put more handles on, on this. If you struggle with envy and comparing, I encourage you to, to do something uncomfortable. Go congratulate that person, even if you don't mean it. Oh, that's so cool. That's, that's a nice trip you had. Or that's so cool. I love the car. Or the, oh, your kids, whatever. Whatever. Congratulate them. Congratulate them. Even if you're biting your tongue as you're saying, oh, it's so nice. You guys look so good together. Congratulate them. Congratulate them. Because you're making that a reality. By you, by you saying that, by you doing that, you're making it a reality. You're overcoming that, that insecurity of, of, of being envious of them. So push yourself to do that. Just as you do when you say the Lord's Prayer. You say, Lord, forgive me just as I'm forgiving everybody else. Don't you say that every time you say the Lord's Prayer? Forgive me, God, just as I forgive everybody else. Are you doing that? I'm not doing that. But I'm, I'm saying it into reality. I'm praying it into reality. So do the same thing. Congratulate, esteem, encourage, inspire others, even if you're not really feeling it right there on the spot. But make it a reality. Let your words become a reality. King Solomon said in his story that he shared, 
He's, he's, he's giving the story of, of somebody that he sees just chasing after the wind. And the guy says, why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This, too, is meaningless. A miserable business as if I'm chasing the wind. Chasing the wind is meaningless. Comparing what I don't have compared to those that have other, of, of, of what I want is meaningless. Be careful that your life does not become meaningless. Be careful that your life be, doesn't become meaningless just because your entire focus has been looking over your shoulder or trying to reach what? You're trying to reach what? It leads to nothing. It is a death spiral. If I do meaningless things for too long, my life will be meaningless. Let's let our focus be this coming week as we discuss this out in our life group. Where is there envy in my heart? Where is that coming from? What, what steps can I take to try to remove that, that, that envy that's sitting on there? Our Heavenly Father created us in such a beautiful way for our mind and heart to be in sync, for it to have a feel, full clarity and seeing the beauty of God working within us. But all of us, including me, we have something on our heart. Let's figure out, is envy there? And through us growing together in our life group and for us putting this in prayer together, what is that? Where is that coming from? And what can I do to make sure that my heart is blessed the way God originally designed it? Let's stand up for a prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, every single one of us struggles with this in some shape or form. That's part of our, our, our society. I mean, that's, this is what it means to be American. We're chasing after something. But maybe this is clouding us from seeing what you want to do within our life. If we're chasing after this death spiral, maybe we're missing why you brought us to this world, what you have equipped us with. Maybe we're losing sight of you and our life because we're just chasing after the wind, after nothing. Lord, help us to assess our motives. Give us clarity to assess our motives. Why am I really doing this? Why am I really posting this? Why am I really wanting to do this? For us to see, is there something sitting on our heart? Is there envy sitting inside of our heart? God, give us that clarity to see that and give us the courage to take steps to overcome that. Because when we do this, this is where we can make better life decisions. This is where we can see you working in our lives in new and amazing ways. Lord, I pray for all the life group leaders as they continue to grow this week in, in, in conversation and for us to lean on each other and grow together, for us to figure out and look inside ourselves, what is separating us from you? Through the prayers of all your saints, Lord, hear us as we pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but the rest from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Thank you, everybody. Uh, have a good week, and uh, we'll do part four next Sunday.